This is the Genuine Men's Podcast, episode number three, with Greg Sugar of Threat Experiment. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Genuine Men's Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, and I wanted to take a brief second to thank all of our listeners all over. Every day I'm getting tons of feedback from you and booking even bigger brands that want to tell you their story, and it really makes all the hard work I do over on Genuine Men's Magazine worth it, so thank you. Today's guest is Greg Sugar from men's betting maker Threat Experiment. You might previously recognize Greg as the creator of one of the largest online men's accessory brands, The Tie Bar. After being acquired by a private equity firm in 2013, Greg left to focus on new opportunities. After walking through a few trade shows, Greg noticed that there was a large void in the men's betting industry that hadn't been filled yet. After consulting with good friend and fellow designer Justin Makita, they developed what was to become Threat Experiment, men's betting geared specifically towards a guy who wants to bring their personal style into their home. I sat down with Greg and talked about his journey from designing men's accessories to now duvets and comforters. He also tells us what he sees in store for the future of menswear and who he might be collaborating with this fall. I had a great time interviewing him, so I hope you enjoy. Again, this is Greg Sugar from Threat Experiment. Greg, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Fine. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Greg, uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, I read in some other articles that you were a lawyer before you started uh, your entrepreneurial path. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I guess professionally speaking, I started as an attorney in Chicago for eight years. um, And uh, one day my wife and I had this uh, crazy idea that we could design and sell our own neckties on the internet in 2004, um, which back then was a much different world in terms of e-commerce. We started it in our basement, and about a year later, it sort of took off to the point where I was able to quit being a lawyer, which was probably one of the better days of my life. Um, And then we grew the company you know, from the basement to our home into a 20,000 square foot facility um, and uh, built it up uh, probably close to about $20 million in sales by the time we were bought out by private equity in 2013. Uh, about two weeks later, I got bored doing nothing. And so I had this idea for, uh, I actually experienced a pain point where um, I was shopping for bedding for my home and was uh, a little frustrated with seeing pink bedding everywhere, floral uh, patterns, um, ornate designs, lace trim. And I said, why is there just nothing more masculine? And by masculine, you know, I wasn't looking for cowboy hats or football helmets. I just wanted something that appealed to my masculine aesthetic of fashion and um, really found that there's nothing out there. And so, um, I don't know, 18 months later, uh, me and a couple of partners launched Threat Experiment, which was in the middle of 2015. And um, it's actually done quite well. We're pretty happy with it. And uh, I'm enjoying sort of being back in the game again. And what Greg is talking about is he was actually one of the co-founders of uh, the Tie Bar, which was a premier location for guys to buy accessories like ties and pocket squares. So not a lot of people actually know that. And I thought that was super interesting to kind of know because, you know, you went from one kind of huge uh, business. And then, like you said, two weeks later, you kind of, um, you know, went to, you, you're, you're more, you're hungry again and you wanted to kind of move to that next one. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I, I tend to forget to mention the name at times. So sorry. Uh, right. 
Yeah, no, it, it, and it's true. But what's great is, believe it or not, even though bedding and, and neckties and men's accessories seem like very different, a lot of ways they're not because I'm still designing, we're still working on designing textiles. And uh, a lot of that, that's where that comes from. And our designs in bedding actually come from cues and inspiration in menswear. So it was the perfect precursor to men's bedding. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's very similar. The industries themselves, of course, are, are a lot more different than I would have expected. Um, but I'm really trying to create Thread Experiment to be more of a men's fashion business that just happens to be bedding, um, which is a little unusual, and I recognize that. But I really believe that men, um, there's, it just doesn't seem to make sense that they put so much time and effort into appearing good, both in terms of their clothing and their grooming and their hair products skin and then all of a sudden they come home to a dumpy apartment with crappy sheets from their dorm room and so i tried to make this sort of like a full um gentleman experience where you know their their home matches who they are were you grabbing inspiration kind of from that you know your personal experience of like uh you know the when you were first inspired as like a young kid and stuff like that like or you know what inspired you when you were younger was it your father teaching you how to shave or was it your brother showing you how to tie a tie like what was that first kind of foot into either like the men's personal uh, style or like lifestyle you know i get this question asked a lot i really did not have any fashion background or aspiration or anything like that but what is true has always been true about me and even true to this day is I always dressed a little different um, and not for attention. I just, for some reason, was always bored with a blue, navy blue polo and jeans. Um, it doesn't mean that I dress loud. I don't. Um, I just like to add something a little different. So in high school, I would often wear, sounds stupid, I wore golf plaid pants. I didn't play golf, but I would wear those loud plaid pants. The Brooks Brothers ones, I guess? Yeah. Well, now you see it that way, right? So almost something, you know, what you might see with loudmouth golf, stuff like that. I used to just wear that to school. And again, I wasn't looking for attention. I just, it's what I gravitate to naturally. Um, so just last night I wore a red velvet dinner jacket. Um, listen, in the world of fashion, that's not, you know, groundbreaking. Uh, in the dorky suburban world that I live in, um, I get a lot of attention from just, God forbid, wearing a red blazer instead of a navy one. So yeah. anyway, I, I don't really – I'm not like um, – I'm not a fashion guy at heart, um, but it's just uh, – I've always sort of, I guess, dressed a little different and maybe that's where some of this comes from was I was just tired of the same old, same old embedding and, and that's why we got into this idea of creating uh, bedding for men. Do you have a take on the resurgence or the, the rise in menswear and, and lifestyle brands? I know that obviously you're kind of, you know, you were at the forefront with the tie bar and stuff like that. But do you think, you know, this kind of flood of all these brands, especially with social media, you know, is it good for, um, you know, is it good for the market? Is it good for the established brands that are already there? Yeah, I mean, as a consumer, it's awesome, right? I mean, you now have so many different options. Um, there are a lot of smaller companies that got into niches and really did a phenomenal job and even created categories that didn't previously exist. Great example is Hook and Albert based in New York. Great company. Hook and Albert, those guys created basically the flower lapel pin. I mean, this, this trend didn't even exist until these guys created it. And now you see, of course, a lot of companies big and small getting into it and it's become a real trend. And I, I've always applauded them for that because they created that. Um, you know, you see watch bands. I, you know, there's there's companies that do watch bands now. Where I mean, where was that industry a couple of years ago? 
Um, so it's great to have these little companies coming in. I mean, I like to think that the tie bar really disrupted the neckwear market because uh, customers were so accustomed to paying a lot of money for a tie and almost not arguing about it. And when we came in and we created a $15 silk or cotton or wool necktie, it was a big, you know, F you to everyone else for charging so much. And so people really started to look at ties as a value proposition. And, you know, maybe a $15 tie is too low for you, but I think people generally, you know, stopped just buying an $80 tie because it was $80 and said, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want to know I'm getting something else for it. Um, and so it, it really does challenge the big players quite a bit. And, you know, the younger guys, the independent companies, they come in and they're usually a lot more innovative. They're a lot more flexible. And as a result, they create, in my opinion, a lot more creative products. So I love it. I guess as a consumer and a businessman, I love it. Um, but I will say that if you're trying to get into the industry, you're trying to get into menswear, it's definitely never been more competitive than it is now. Funny, you were just mentioning that uh, Hook and Albert thing. I, I saw like a ba- – they have a bag recently that they did was like that um, – the bag that like it folds down, you can put your suit inside like that. Yeah. You know, I spoke with a couple of the uh, marketing people, you know, I was like, I see a lot of people copying your bag and they're like, yeah, yeah. We see a lot of people out there, you know, kind of copying that. I, I looked at it as like, wow, man, they, they, they probably created something that was like original and they did something as original. And then, you know, six months later, the market's just flooded with that same thing. What kind of effect does that have on, you know, a small brand like that? Yeah, I mean, so I don't really think it hurts the small brand. I almost think it it, it brings the entire industry up um, because it becomes what they're trying to sell is so niche. It now becomes a little bit more mainstream. Um, it definitely happened to me at the tie bar. Um, we were definitely the f- the first company to start doing ties in wool and cotton back in. I did wool in '07. It was almost too early, um, and we did cotton in 2010. And we were the only ones doing it. And then all of a sudden, everyone else started getting into it. And so my first reaction was, well, this sucks. But the truth is, is cotton and wool ties, because they were everywhere, started to become a lot more part of the mainstream. And sales, as a result, go up. And usually also, when you're at the front of a trend, you have the ability to to really control where it goes next. And um, so we were we were doing a lot of different types of wool patterns. You only saw wool suiting for a while, but we really got into a lot more sophisticated wool designs. Um, and it's because I had enough experience in designing wool ties. By year two, three, I knew I can do a lot more than just the simple wool suiting patterns. Um, even colored tie bars. We were the first company to come up with colored tie bars. Now they're everywhere. Um, but then it became that colored tie bars are more acceptable. So, you know, obviously there's the bad because you have more competition, but the good is that you bring awareness to something you've been trying to create all by yourself. And then, by the way, the same goes true with betting. Betting, um, masculine betting, I'm starting to see popping up left and right. Um, I think I just saw the hillside did a um, indigo or something like that. Yeah, they did. They did a collaboration with one of the department stores. And I love it. It's great. I love to see a menswear company getting into that. And um, I love that you know we're being featured in GQ coming up over the summer, um, and it's about a story on you know making your home more masculine and you know more up to date, and I love that. That's our exact message, right? So it feels great to hear to hear that people are getting on board what we were trying to start. Yeah, I think I, you previously talked in like a, another interview I read that you know to break into the industry you should really find like a niche and kind of fill it. Is there any other advice you might give to somebody uh, you know that might be want to get into this lifestyle industry or something like that? Like, yeah, 
It's funny. I'm, I'm actually writing a book right now, and I just <laughs> that's chapter. awesome. This morning, I'm writing that chapter. So, yeah, I mean, the first thing is, I think you got to get into a niche. No question. Um, I think the the biggest advice is, and I think people do this anyway. Naturally, it happens, but I think the 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 best advice I can give is um, get into a business that you're already a consumer in, and that you you experienced something that wasn't right, and then your business should be how to write it. Um, so don't, you know, I purposely am not in the women's shoes business because I don't wear women's shoes. Um, I believe that the business that you start should be something you're a consumer in and you as consumer found a fault in that industry, right? You tried shopping for something with no success. You bought 10 different versions of something and they all broke something like that where you fix the problem and you experience that as a consumer. I mean, not only just, you know, creating a business, but you're also kind of giving back. Uh, tell a little, uh, tell the audience a little bit about kind of, you know, you donate, I think, a full set of bedding to homeless shelters and, you know, you just donate in general. Yeah. Tell us a little more about that. How many have you donated so far? Do you have a count on that? Uh, I want to say we're around 250 right now. I mean, we're still a young company, but... Uh, we're, and we're trying to also uh, do them evenly per quarter. But listen, the model is not original in the sense that Tom's created it, right? And so many have duplicated it. But it's a great model, right? I think so too. Yep. God, you, you sell something, you give something away. I love it. So, um, you know, something we came up with from the beginning. Um, I think homeless shelters is a natural fit for a bedding company. But more so, I, I personally have been very involved with soup kitchens, homeless shelters, and um, I see the need. And I knew, so I knew there was already a need. I didn't even need to research it. Um, my partner, Justin McKee, also has, from personal experience, dealt with homeless shelters. So it was so easy for us to – this was like the easiest part of the business was obviously giving something away. So when you create your, um, your, your profit margins and you figure it out, you do have to add in the cost of giving something away. That's okay. We're, we're fine with that. Um, so that's, I guess, the only downside. But the upside is, you know, uh, each of my partners, we, we, we've we been involved with donating the bedding in person. We don't ship it. We literally hand deliver it. And I can't even describe the feeling of walking into one of these places where you see people who are just down on their luck and and uh, need help, need assistance from um, from this shelter. And, you know, frankly, the bedding that they have is not gorgeous, right? It's not necessarily clean. A lot of it's used. And when we were – I put them on the bed. For me personally, I was putting it on the bed with uh, one of the guys there. And they were like thrilled that it was in you know packaging. Like they'd never <laughs> seen new bedding and they always get it used. So they like couldn't – you know they were smelling the bedding like a new car smell type of feel. They couldn't believe they had new bedding on their beds. I mean how do you not feel great you know, doing that um, for people who really need it? So we love it. It's a big part of our business. We're very proud of it. Yeah, I mean – you go from you know a customer you know who likes your your bedding to somebody who needs it you know and it's the 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 feeling is almost you know uh, it's great when you have somebody buy it but it's either better when you give it to somebody and their their eyes light up so i really commend you on uh, doing that thank you I totally agree yeah. too so uh you talked about your partner Justin Makita um you guys are kind of the creatives for a brand and you even said earlier that you were ne- you weren't a creative before but you know what inspires you guys on a day-to-day basic do you have uh, a typical method or process when you're coming up with these designs for Thread Experiment Well I can't speak for Justin um you know but I do know that Justin is a lot like me um where we can be walking in the most unassuming place and see a design in the most unassuming area 
and say to ourselves, I like the color, I like the design, I don't know why, but there's something about it. And we usually start there, right? Like I'll get a text from him with a picture, or I, I might send him the same of like, I just took a picture of some guy walking by and I love the print on his pants, right? I mean, it might be the most unusual thing. Um, and uh, so some of that's where we start, you know, uh, there are definitely, we go into the marketplace and we look at the coloring and we say, you know, what's missing? What what could be here, but we need more of it. Um, we've done a lot of research into home decor in general, um, how bedding plays a role into each home. And so we we're looking for designs or colors that play off what are the trends in, let's say, home accessories or carpets or wall colors and that sort of thing. Um, now, we, we just finished designing fall. And it's going to be a very uh, fun take on menswear. So um, I don't want to give too much away, but um, some really great cues come directly from menswear trends that we're seeing right now. And um, we're making, we're having some prints that are a little bit more fun also. Um, So I'm excited for it. But definitely, you know, it all begins and starts with menswear. If you look at our Instagram account, we're doing this little campaign right now where we're showing where a lot of our inspiration comes from. And uh, you, you can see, you know, pictures of certain trends in menswear and how they play out in our bedding. Yeah. And, you know, you've obviously done some other work with some other fashion designers, you know, previously to this, David Hart was obviously a designer you work with previously. And, and, you know, we saw that with some of the stuff you already have out. Um, are there any kind of cool collaborations coming in the future with that? I mean, you said you were going to kind of, you didn't want to give anything away, but is there anything kind of coming up in that sorts? Yeah, we do have, um, so first of all, David, uh, is a friend of mine and I'm all, I, I, it sounds like I sound like such a suck up, but he's literally my favorite designer too. <laughs> I mean, the stuff he puts out is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, the dude is such a talent. We actually designed, believe it or not, a collaborative tie collection in 2011 in his loft and we were going to do it with the tie bar. And then I just never, we just, one, one thing kept happening, another thing kept happening and we never released it. But the point is I had an opportunity to actually sit with him and go through his mind through the design process. And it's quite fascinating to be honest. But anyway, um, the David Hart collection has been an enormous success. We bought extra of them and I'm glad we did because we're now low on stock with them. We're doing a collaboration in the fall. I can't disclose who yet. Um, it's more of a celebrity angle, um, but the celebrity has incredible taste, uh, and so that was a lot of fun to, to do with him. Um, as far as like other menswear designers, I am speaking with one now. It's not a done deal, so I can't reveal that name, but I want to bring menswear. The great thing, if you look at the David Hart design, particularly his uh, comforter duvet cover, it really brings in the David Hart aesthetic. You, it's not like he filled a void for us. We took the, we just basically took David Hart's design aesthetic and brought it into the thread experiment. And it's just fascinating. It's not something that was on our plate, the Southwest, this American Southwest theme that he does. It's not like we were talking about doing that type of design and certainly not in that blood burgundy color that he chose. But when he, he did it, it was like, it was brilliant. It was such a brilliant design that, you know, you just can't find, in frankly, in the minds of someone like me. It takes a David Hart to bring that out. So, anyway, sorry for the long answer. No, no, no. I think I think it's great. And also, kind of, you know, going back to what Thread Experiment is, it's it's just it's really 
great that you've taken like betting and kind of what was perceived as kind of boring and mundane and uninteresting, you know, with the white sheet or, you know, these pale blushes. And now we're kind of injecting our personality, um, you know, being a little bit unique. Um, you know, guys don't typically, you know, put a lot of work into their beds and stuff like that. But now like this whole industry has grown that, you know, everybody's kind of injected, wants to have, you know, their homes and their, you know, the, the clothes they wear, like they want it to be them. So you're, you know, you're pairing the plaid shirts with the denim or you're doing, you know, finding something, uh, the bold prints or the stripes, like even, even your photos of your products and stuff like that, you're pairing these patterns that you wouldn't normally see. And then you're putting like that subtle kind of uh, chevron and stuff like that. And you're almost creating these worlds with just, just a bed and stuff like that. And that's what I found fascinating. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, men have been sort of playing with that with their, with their clothing for the last, you know, seven, eight years. They've gotten a lot more interesting. You know, men have gotten more interesting. Clothing has gotten more interesting. It just feels natural that why wouldn't betting also be interesting? Um, particularly for guys who live on their own. I mean, that's really who we're geared for. We're not really geared for the guy who's married to a woman because nine, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say nine times out of ten. How about nine hundred ninety-nine times out of a thousand? She's buying <laughs> it, um, and not you know not because like she's the boss. It's just guys don't care about betting. But when you're living alone, you have no choice. You've got to shop for betting for yourself. So we're trying to make it a little bit more interesting. We really want to start educating guys on um, on on betting in general, and that they should be taking more pride in their home. Yeah, I mean, it's not just, you know, just, not for just a single guy. It could be somebody who just, you know, wants to, you know, if they do have a family or something, maybe they want to have a room or something like that that's a little bit different. I, I wouldn't put it into, uh, you know, just single guys. But I think that, you know, there are people that just want something a little bit different. And obviously, it's not just for guys. It can be for a woman and stuff like that. So, yeah, 30% of our customers are women. I, I, I thought it would be 0%. <laughs> well, you know what? They're probably looking to, you know, as a gift and stuff like that. Who wouldn't want something? You know, guys aren't going to buy that for themselves. So, like, a girl would buy it for a guy. It would be like, oh, great, they're betting. But yeah, you know, as an online business, you only get so much intel. But we have found that through comments, uh, either in social or just email, they're actually they they just let they're like, sorry, I just like these. I'm not a guy. Is it okay if I buy them? We're like, sure, you know, be my guest. Um, and they'll usually say, I'm also sick of the floral designs and I'm also sick, sick of the turquoise and the pink. So they're, they're, you know, they're women and they're feminine women, but they, they just don't feel like buying the same old, same old that they see season after season in the department stores. How about you tell us, uh, you know, what are your some everyday essentials? Uh, you know, something that you kind of have to have with you, maybe when you're traveling or when you're just, you wake up or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> Is there anything that, you know, comes to mind? <clears throat> Prilosec. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't think I've got a good answer for you. I have a, I'll tell you one thing. If I could plug a company called M clip, I've got this money clip thing. It's just awesome. Yeah. You, you got to look it up. It was it'll be the last money clip you ever buy. I mean, I don't know. I'm probably like everyone else. I've got my phone and, um, I mean, I'm catching up on Game of Thrones on the iPad. So if I'm at the gym, I'm trying to watch that. I mean, I'm not the guy who's like, I will say like when I dress now, I definitely, definitely always have a pocket square. Um, whether I'm wearing a tie or not is a different com conversation. Um, I'm definitely into, you know, um, jackets right now. I haven't worn a suit in three years, but I've never owned so many jackets in my life. Oh, uh, just kind of blazers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like dinner jacket, blazer. Yeah, I I just am falling in love with them. 
Yeah, separates are separates are. Everybody likes the idea of like separates and stuff like that. Now, yeah. kind of pairing the gray with the blue and the black with the red. Well, yeah, and like I just uh, bought a beautiful Ted Baker Hunter Green herringbone one, um, and I, I mean, where do you find it, Hunter Green? And it looks phenomenal. So, um, you know, I don't know if I like have essentials. I'm not like that, I guess. No, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got their thing, but I mean. I think uh, you know money clips something that every guy kind of can can have. I'm telling you, this M clip thing. It doesn't. By the way, I own no stock in them, and I I met the founder, but like seven years ago. Um, the the money clip just doesn't bend ever, and it just hangs onto your money as tight as can be, and it's big. It's just perfect. I'll never have a wallet again. <laughs> paid paid by money M clip. So you're from Chicago. Uh, is there any like uh, places that if somebody was visiting Chicago, you would uh, definitely tell them to go? Actually, I was born and raised in Miami Beach, believe it or not. But I, I went to undergrad at Indiana, law school Chicago, and lived there for 20 years. So I do feel very much like a, at least a partial Chicago. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chicago in the summer is the best place to be in this country. Um, and I, I, you know, as far as like what to do there, I'm sure TripAdvisor would do a better job than me. But, um, you know, just, just the people in Chicago, it sounds so cliche, but it is just so true. People in Chicago are just good people. It's um, I really just always got a kick out of walking through the Loop, which is in downtown. Just That's basically what the downtown is called. Um, I always enjoy just walking through the Loop and feeding off the energy of the people in Chicago. Um, you know, there's just there's so many great little museums. There's um, great the comedy in Chicago is is outstanding. I mean, you all we've all heard of Second City and Zanies, um, but there's so many like little tiny comedy clubs there, and uh, Improv Olympic is big. But it's so I always like I don't know. I guess the comedy might be like the, a big secret about Chicago that people don't know about. I don't know. Um, but as far as like anything else, I'm sorry I have such boring answers for this. <laughs> that's all right i i was in chicago uh you know for um other reasons i was only there for probably a little weekend but you know i do get kind of get what you're saying like i, I was walking around uh kind of where wrigley fields is and stuff like that and it's yeah. just it's such a different feel because you know over in new york and stuff like that there's no houses really by any of these um stadiums and like there, there's like just row houses next to the stadium like right down the block there's a huge stadium so it's it's very interesting and like you said the summer i think is great because that beach um i guess was it lake michigan yeah i mean it's right there and people are just on the beach playing volleyball and you know it, it just looks like a, it's just a really fun city yeah well you know you're cooped up inside for eight months a year so it's fun you like you never go but inside in the summer but yeah those neighbor i lived in wrigleyville which is where uh, wrigley field is and yeah it's true the neighborhoods of chicago are just awesome um they're they're gorgeous they're well planned they're the architecture is outstanding um and the bars and restaurants are great i just love the city like i don't i don't have to do anything there to love it and maybe when you're a visitor you have to but uh, again just walking around the city always gave me a good good vibe Okay, so here at Genuine, we kind of pride ourselves on being uh, authentic and true to ourselves, um, spending time with family, helping strangers carry something, maybe ho- holding the open the door for a date. You know, what would be your definition of uh, a genuine man? Uh, a genuine man, like to women or just in general? I guess just in general. You know what? Like the people I always gravitate to, the guys I gravitate to are just people who are being themselves. Um, certainly at my, I'm 43. If I want to be cool, I, I know how I've, I've seen it. I've read the manual enough times. Um, but I don't like to be cool. I like to be my own dorky self. 
And I found that, um, that those are the people that I like when people put on a front, um, whether it's to a man or a woman, there's just something that, that inauthentic authenticity, I think becomes very transparent. So I really oh, do sorry. gravitate. <laughs> yes. uh, no problem. Us. There you go. That's my 130. Our, that's my 130 pounder. Shh. Go ahead. Sorry. All good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've, I've always been me and, and really the brand of the tie bar and even threat experiment now, um, was always sort of just a real, a, a truthful brand. We were just who we were. No apologies. We're imperfect. Um, we're not pretending to be something that we aren't. That's who I am as a person. And I think like, if you're going to be a real gentleman, that's all you are. You're just, you know, you're who you are. And then also just don't be an asshole. I don't see why people are ever assholes. I feel like it takes a lot more energy than to not be one. Um, and I know that seems like a very obvious thing to say, but there are some people out there that just seem like they are put on this earth to make other people miserable and I don't get them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in New York, so I try to keep my cool as, as much as possible. Uh, my girlfriend would say otherwise, you know, the subway systems really, uh, <laughs> she, she hates it. <laughs> she hates the subway. So you know what? Some guy yesterday, just yesterday, was bumped into me and started. I swear to God, it just started in with me. And I said to him, "Why are you being such an asshole? It's eighty degrees and sunny outside." And he walked away from me. Uh, you know what? You know, some people just you know really want to be assholes, and some people just want to be you know kind of laid back and you know let life come to them. So, okay, Greg, well, I'll let you go because it looks like uh, my partner over here is kind of going crazy but uh thanks so much it was kind of a it was you know much success with threat experiment and i kind of can't wait to see what's in store for the future thank you for uh for the interview i appreciate that uh thanks a lot okay be good if you haven't yet head over to our page on itunes and leave us a review any feedback you can give us is a big help, and each month we'll be randomly selecting one reviewer and sending them a free gift from Genuine Men's Magazine. I'm your host, Stephen Elliott, saying so long.